Blog Talk Radio. Urban Glory Radio. Simply Glory. Confessions of Faith Through the Virtues of If. Since ye seek a proof of Christ speaking in me, which to you word is not weak, but is mighty in you, for though he was crucified through weakness, yet he liveth by the power of God. For we also are we in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God toward you. Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. But I trust that ye shall know that we are not reprobates. Now I pray to God that ye do no evil. Not that we should appear approved, but that ye should do which is honest, though we be as reprobates. For we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. For we are glad when we are weak, and ye are strong, and this also we should use sharpness according to the power which the Lord hath given me to edification and not destruction. And finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace shall be with you. In the context of this statement found in 2 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, 3 through 11, Paul is defending his harshness in tone in the overall book of uh, book or address to the Corinthian church. He is addressing corruptions and conflicts and beliefs and conduct, uh, Christian conduct and virtues that have been mis- misused and disapproved by common practice among the faith. And so, In his harshness, in his tone to the church, he referenced them not to embody the convictions of the world, but to be above the norm in life based on core issues surrounding the gospel. The point of this text is to bring um, that we bring out is that you have to bring things into question for clarity and closure, and that's what we're going to be talking about all this evening. You have to confront issues not only in life but also in ministry and what God has assigned you to do here on earth. And that may potentially alter uh, uh, the outcome and the outlooks of life. You've got to evaluate every intent and make amendments that set at the altar of the cross so that through uh, 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 a, a collective maturity and a collective expression of God's love, love, which is his intent, you can exemplify Christianity as it should be. So tonight we are talking about confessions of faith. 
let's further exegete this text. Here are some concepts that we can we can bring out and dig out in this text that will help us with this great confession of faith through the virtues of if. Because our goal ultimately is to achieve a genuine faith reflection. Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. I say this often, faith without proof is fake. Faith without works is dead. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. By this the elders obtain a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So faith's reality is the word of God enacted upon our lives, uh, uh, in our lives, so that the things which are seen are not made by the things which do Appear Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Our reality is framed by the word of God. And we know that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the scripture goes on to say in Romans, how can they hear without a preacher? So my position today is not to tickle your fancy and give you a, a rhyme or a statement. I am going to give you a theme at the end of this lesson. As to the direction in which we're focusing our attention for 2014. But my goal in these next two teachings, and this particular teaching would make three, is to, is to get you to see and to examine the core of your faith so you can reflect the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are having confessions of faith through the virtues of if. Point number one in our discussion for tonight. Our faith outlines proofs we use to provide confidence in acting on what we believe based on the knowledge we have about what God has purposed and planned for us to achieve. Let me say that again. Our faith outlines proofs we use to provide confidence to act on what we believe based on the knowledge we have about what God has purposed and planned for us to do. It is our confession or our profession of faith that is displayed through our actions, our beliefs, and our conduct that identifies whether or not we are applying spirituality to life that works. This is the state of identifying our union with Christ from the world. If we're going to examine ourselves to see whether we're in faith, our objective ultimately, glory to God, is to come into the context of the Christ factor of being in us. The word declares in, in Psalms 26 verses 1 through 8, judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in mine integrity. I have trusted also in the Lord. Therefore, 
I shall not slide. Examine me. That's a, that's a strong position to have. And prove me. Try my reins and my heart, for thy loving kindness is before mine eyes, and I have walked in thy truth. I have not said in vain persons, neither will I go in with the dissemblers. I have hated the congregation of evildoers, and I will not sit in the wicked. I will wash mine hands in innocency, and I will compass thine altar, O Lord, that I might publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell thy wondrous works. Lord, I have loved thy habitation in thy, of thy house and the place where thy honor dwelleth. When we come into the presence of God, when we come into the nature of God, the first thing we do in examining ourselves to achieve this genuine faith reflection is ask God to search us, to try us, to see if there be any wicked way in us and lead us to the way of everlasting. And if you're closing this year out without an authentic examination, you need to repent, change the way you think. In, in, in Hebrews 10, uh, 23 through 25, it says, let us draw near with a sincere heart. Hallelujah. Full assurance of faith. We're talking about faith today. Having our hearts sprinkled clean from evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our faith without wavering, for he that promised is faithful. And let us consider how we stimulate our love and our good deeds with each other. That's, that's what the Bible talks about, this confession of faith, this examination in our actions, in our beliefs, and our conduct. Our second point for tonight, and I have to hurry, because we have to bring in the new year. Uh, this concept that the scripture depicts in Corinthians about reprobates. Reprobates. Reprobates are morally unprincipled people. Let it not be named amongst you that you are morally unprincipled. They're rejected by God and disapproved by uh, because of condemnation that they have. This is a soulless detachment willfully imposed to reject the standards of God in exchange for being accepted in secular cultures and lifestyles. We got to examine the way we live. Old saints used to say, let the life that I live speak for me. Christianity provides irrefutable qualities that we willfully sacrifice by serving as the example. And at this point in life, you should be reflecting in your life, what have you done to exemplify Christ on a daily basis? Christ is not Jesus' last name, but it is his, the nature of his spirit infused in your character that causes you to live, move, and have your being in him. It, it is that, it's that ability that is given by God through his grace, through faith. It's a gift of God, not that any man should boast, but everyone should cling on to the, the nature and the power of the Holy Spirit that enables us to live this Christian life. So reprobates have, have willfully imposed to reject the standards of God in exchange 
for being accepted in secular cultures. This is a problem with Christianity today. Instead of uh, living in irrefutable qualities uh, uh, that we willfully sacrifice by serving as the example, we don't acknowledge the accepting of our salvation as the way of life. For to live is Christ for the Christian, meaning spirituality is shaped and governed by biblical and godly principles that governs our attitudes, our behavior, and our character. So not only uh, are, we, are we rejecting this process of reprobates, but we are willfully mm, sacrificing our lifestyle as serving as the sacrifice. Will you today sacrifice willingly to be the example? Will you willingly today serve this generation as an example to the ways of our God. You have to remember what the psalmist wrote in Psalms 19, 6-9, that the law of the Lord is perfect, restoring and converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord are pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord, they are judgments of the Lord, and they are true. They are righteous all together. In Romans, we find out that, 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 that the mind that is set on the flesh is death, but the mind that is set on the spirit is life and peace because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God. Why is that? They reprobate. They're enemies. They don't have attitudes, behaviors, and characters that are in the same direction that God is going. Have you examined yourself in this year to see that your attitudes, your behaviors, and your characters can be identified with the one you say is your Savior? And this is what I'm reminded to speak with boldness. Because if this gospel be hid, it is hid to those whom are lost, whom the God of this world has blinded their mind. See, it is the, the hostile mind toward God does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. Those that are in the flesh cannot please God, Romans 8, 6 through 8. But the scripture also reminds us and affirms us in 1 Peter chapter 3, 15 through 7, that we ought to sanctify the Lord God in our hearts. Did you hear me? Your heart is the core of your understanding in the Bible. And be ready to give an answer to every man that asks you of the reason, I think that's where that if comes into play, of the hope that lies within you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience. Oh, I thank God that at the close of the year, in my heart of hearts, he done purified me and given me a good conscience that whereas they, when they do speak evil of me, as evildoers, that they may be ashamed that they, they falsely accuse me of my good conversation in Christ. For it is better if the will of God be so that ye suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. 
the Lord is calling us higher. And he's calling us to leave the level of the reprobate. He concludes in this particular gospel, Corinthian church. I'm still exegeting the text of Corinthians chapter uh, uh, 13, verses 3 through 11. He concludes it through calling us, thirdly, to, to the call to be perfect. And this is what's not being taught in the church because we're so much talking about we're sinners saved by grace. No, you've been redeemed from, um, uh, from being a sinner because you've been saved by grace. You need to accept the reality of the finished work of God and not the progressive work of your flesh. The call to be perfect is the resolve to comply to the ways and the judgments of God. There that word goes again. God done declared some things are going to take place, and you got to be in place so that you know what God is doing in this time. It's the call to be perfect. Yeah, that's the part that we don't like in the church. It's the call to comply to the ways and the judgment of God that yield peace, that surpass of all understanding that God's our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, given in every circumstance and every situation. Perfection in this sense means divine maturity. This is given through wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. This is what the world doesn't have. The natural man cannot obtain the things of God, neither does he know them because they're spiritually deserved. You're going to have to look at things from a spiritual perspective to have a spiritual climate in a spiritual direction for everyday basis. This is that peace that surpasses all understanding. It's through, the, through and by the Holy Ghost. It's divine maturity that is given in wisdom and knowledge and understanding through the Lord Jesus Christ. And what does it achieve? Number one, absolute authority. You learn the order of God. Shaped by a biblical worldview. Hallelujah. That ultimately contends for the faith. This is on an everyday basis. This is what sets conditions of peace, which is the reality of the believer resulting and resolving to the spirit-led life, which Jesus died for us to experience. Confessions of faith through the virtues of the if. Mm. The scripture tells us that there's a power that comes upon us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. that says, my speech and my preaching was not in enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and the power of God. That's your faith. See, what happens ultimately when the, when the message of the gospel of the Lord Jesus is truly preaching is not for your emotions, is not for your uh, uh, for your own uh, embedderment, but it's so that God's power and God's spirit can qualify your faith that it shouldn't stand in the wisdom of men, but in God's power. That's what that scripture talks about. And then ultimately, it concludes in this particular chapter, uh, 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 another beautiful version of it. It's found in Second Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. And this is what I'm doing in this message. Well, we've only begun because I haven't explained what the if is there and what the virtues from the if are. And we're going to get into that in a second. 
But wherefore, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, 6 through 8, it says, Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God, the confession of your faith, which is in thee by the putting on my hand, the investment of the Spirit of God. For God hath not given us what? The spirit of fear, but of what? Power and of love and a sound mind. Be not thou for ashamed. Oh, don't be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord, nor even of me, his prisoner. But be thou partakers of the afflictions of the gospel according to, again, the power of God. So here we see the call to be perfect resolves and resolves to the absolute authority, the biblical worldview, and ultimately the contending of the faith which empowers us to live this life of faith. I wanted to share that with you tonight so that way in tomorrow and Thursday we can build a path that sets the year of focus through answering the questions that begin with if, that begin with if. I'll give you a little treat to give you a little nugget so you can be prepped for the rest of this teaching. The following content of this teaching reflects on now, not only in Corinthians, which we just did today, but the, uh, the overall gospel or the letters to the church um, uh, written in Ephesus, but to the church at large in the 70 A.D., in the, in the letter of the epistle John. John is divided in three divisions, first, second, and third, but it's really one book given by the same author that wrote John, the Gospel of John, which we studied in the last lessons of redemption. But in order to grasp the concepts of the questions and the, and the content behind the questions of the if, which we will review, and there are, there are really seven, but we're going to focus on five of them, you're going to have to read the whole entire uh, division of the letter of the, of, of, of the, letter of the, of the Apostle John's uh, uh, letter to, to the church. And, and ultimately, I want you to understand that the epistle of John reveals three revelations behind the dynamics of faith, resolving that the qualifier of faith is our, um, our encounters with God shedding insights on his love, his life, and his life through the truth. That's the key. The truth makes us free. And the Holy Spirit is sent to lead us and guide us into the truth. And all these competencies are revealed in our confession and profession of faith, which is simply right behavior and right belief. Our confession of faith is simply right behavior and right belief. I got to hurry on. I have a minute left. I want to give you these things that you need to understand that right behavior and right belief awakens in the Gospel of John as you look. Five things. One, the Christian life exemplified in our conduct. Number two, the courage to be different. Number three, the, the crux 
test and the contrast between apostates versus believers. And thirdly, the certainties of faith. And then fifthly, the covenant of love. I'm out of time.